Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And welcome on in, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. I feel nicer that it's later. 10 a.m. start. My hair looks better. My skin looks nicer. A little extra sleep. Never heard anybody. I also didn't have to step for any fights last night. It was a very, it was a very quiet week. Uh, it's going to get real busy real soon, and we'll get into a lot of the upcoming matchups that are happening, uh, especially January 20th. Man, what a pain in the ass it is for fight fans. It's awesome that we have that busy of a night. But it's also a bit of a pain in the butt because it's like, what do you choose? What do you choose to watch? Do you choose to watch Bellator that night? Um, do you choose to watch the UFC, UFC 220? Do you watch Errol Spence make his, uh, his long away to return to the ring? What the hell do you watch if you're a fight fan? It's going to be hard to balance. It's definitely a multi-screen night, um, but it's, it's a tough one to balance out. Like that's, uh, That was uh, weirdly planned out by all the promoters. Like, hey, let's... You know, it's so hard to put good cards together. Let's put them all on the same night and 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 cannibalize all of our audience. It's a weird it's a weird thought process, but I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, this is a pretty quiet week um, as far as fight work concerned. Not much to promote. We'll get into to next week's UFC uh, uh, fight night in St. Louis in a little bit later. But you know, these are the weeks where there's uh, a lot of future plans made or or where where things felt I, th- I would say some of the bigger news came from uh kevin ioli did a, an interview with dana white ufc president uh on, on a bit of the state of the ufc where things stand most importantly with the lightweight division and the performance of khabib Nurmagomedov. where is he going next are we going to a khabib versus tony and it was pretty clear from dana's impression of khabib that he was very impressed and that he he wants to put him at the top of the card, whether that involves putting him against Tony or um, eventually putting him against Conor McGregor. We'll see. It seems like we're headed towards this. He said that Conor McGregor has to decide on keeping his title or return to the to the UFC by March. And if he doesn't do so, he's going to have no choice but to put Khabib versus Tony for the actual title. I think they let that cook a little bit, and that's probably eventually what's going to happen. I don't think Conor's coming back the first half of this year. Um, and so the idea that he's going to have it all decided or have a new UFC deal decided, I just think I think that's a, that's a hard... It's a hard thing based on what Connor's saying. You're going to box him in because of some timing with the situation that you're dealing with with him. You know, you're not going to tell Connor McGregor, hey, I have to decide this. I have to 
uh, you, you gotta you gotta make this decision by March, and then all things. It's like no, 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 man. The rules bend for me. I just left the sport and gave you your biggest payday, not not competing in mixed martial arts. I'd say that it's not the typical rule set for him. And Connor's got this this kind of bravado to him that even if you took his titles, wouldn't really matter because. He'd just say that he was the champ anyway, and a lot of people would look at him as the champ anyway. People don't forget. It's not one of those things where, hell, Daniel Cormier has uh, had a hard enough time of that anyway with with the John Jones situation for all those years. You know, the fans will give Connor his credibility, and I almost feel like it would it would put him in a good situation to where he would have that that chip in his corner. Um, the one thing that 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 I guess bothers me through all of this from the fan base and it's funny how fans and mixed martial arts media can get like this with guys who raised to a certain level ronda got a lot of this after ronda lost where she lost and she didn't talk to the media so you know everybody got to this point where well, she was never that good anyway you know the, the game passed her by her run wasn't that impressive and it's like oh, all right well you guys were all sitting here uh, saying she could beat floyd mayweather and, you know, she, she made you, you look foolish, and then you think she sucks. And the thing that's happening with Connor right now, he's in the box where, you know, he leaves the sport after spending two-plus years, you know, rising divisions, guys pulling out of fights with him, you know, had to fight an interim fight against Chad Mendes because Jose Aldo wasn't ready. Had to fight Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz because Rafael Dos Santos wasn't ready. You know, all, all these, all the while he's showing up to fight, but no opponents are showing up to fight. You know, media forgets about that very, very quickly. And so now he's in this position where it was like, well, he's never defended his title. Like, yeah, but you all thought it was pretty cool when he left the featherweight division because he cleaned it out. He knocked out Jose Aldo. And nobody was interested in seeing a Jose Aldo rematch. Nobody was interested in seeing him defend that belt. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, well... Yeah, all right. He has never defended his title. All right, but you guys were interested in him going up in weight and fighting for the 155 belt. And when the 155 champion didn't show up, you sure as hell liked it when Nate Diaz choked him out, and then he says, I'm going to fight him again. So I just found it weird that these guys who get the sport to such an exposure level get get people pouncing on them the minute that they they don't hop at the immediate demands of other fighters who are just trying to build their fame off their name. And I understand why guys want to fight Conor McGregor. It, 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 it gets you huge notoriety, and it's a good chance that he loses to a Khabib Namagamadoff or a Tony Ferguson. Not saying that he couldn't beat them, but they certainly present some problems. But the idea that he's scared or that he's not a real champion or that he's not, he's, he's not, he's, he, he should cut any accolades that he has, that he has collected over the last two years is stupid. It's stupid. Especially when the people you're defending are Tony Ferguson, who is amazing and has a great win streak, but fought once last year. Khabib Namagamadoff, who fights like the Eclipse once every two years, if he makes weight. So... Excuse me if I'm not sitting here feeling sorry for Khabib or feeling sorry for Tony Ferguson with the situations they're going through. Yeah, 
They can wait it out a little bit for the Conor McGregor fight. It, 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 you didn't think that was going to happen, that he was going to become so popular that it was going to be a once-a-year thing or a twice-a-year thing if you're lucky. That's how it is. That's that's where he is right now. And it's on the other guys to get to be that popular also. So, I but but it's this weird thing where, like, to me, it's like, well, Khabib's our guy now. He's he's the bleep talk. It's like, hey, guys, we all sat here for weeks asking for Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. We had the venue booked. We had the two guys agreed upon at a certain weight. One of them couldn't make the scale, and the fight was canceled. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to feel sorry for that guy? It's it's just a weird dynamic that we've gotten to as, as fight fans and media that covers the sport. Why are you are you urinating all over the guy who has given the sport more exposure than anybody in history, but yet you are here clamoring and seal clapping for a guy who maybe will show up once a year if he's able to get to the scale? It's it's a it's a strange place we've gotten to. So I I don't know. I I, I don't I don't question Dana if he has to. Strip Connor of his belt. Okay. I guess you eventually had to do it. Because um, you got to move on, especially if you don't know if, if, if business is going to move on. But for me, if anybody deserves a break, if anybody deserves clarity on how things should go, it's that guy. I mean, come on. With with with, with all the, the riches he's bought brought that sport on the on the on the contract that he was on before he got big. Get the hell out of here. What With what that company basically sold for on his stardom, I, I just find it I find it weird that we're in this big rush to to cast him off like like he is um, like he's not worthy of it anymore. He's not he's not worthy of the title champion when he clearly is. Everything that he said he would do in the sport he did. But he's gotten to such a level that the sport needs to recognize that he should get what he's worth. And I don't think they're quite there yet. They still want to be on this. He's still a fighter. He still has to he still has to go by the same creed. The rules are different. It, it, it just and it, here's the other thing. You're telling me over the last 3 years while Conor McGregor was rising to the top George St. Pierre, he gets to take a break from the sport. He gets to come back, fight for a title in a division he's never been in, win said title over another guy who wasn't defending his belt, and just up and leave the division in smoke like nothing. And we're like, ah, well, we knew it was coming anyway. All right. Why didn't you make that fight for some legend belt? Or something like that. If you if you have such an affinity for the belts, and you have such an uh, if you have such a a purist way that you want to go about these these gold straps, where you hand out interim titles left and right, you let guys jump all over divisions. You wanted to shut down the flyweight division because some bantamweight fighter who nobody really cares about wanted to fight Mighty Mouse Johnson, who nobody cares about, and because Mighty Mouse is like, hey, why am I fighting a guy who's way bigger than me? When it's going to be no difference in buys between a fight that guy or a guy my size. And you're like, Bruh, 
shut down the division. Like, really? So I, I just it's just wacky to me where we go with all these belts and when we decide to enforce the rules and when we decide to get things right. Look, Pandora's box is open on that. You you you've already made it cheapened or you've made the rules different. So I don't understand why the rules have to all decide all of a sudden get in line. You feel like if you get them in line with Connor, then you can fall in line with everybody else? No. You you've you you, you pick and choose. You're already doing that. You're doing that now with with Cyborg and and, and Amanda Nunes. You're you're gonna be like, ah, well, Amanda's gonna leave 135, and uh, Chris Cyborg will be the 145 champ. We don't really have a 145 division. We have the Cyborg division, and we really don't know what to do with it. It's like, come on. All right, so we have nothing figured out, but Connor needs to figure it all out. It's strange. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM 790, the ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. So the other news that came out of this interview this week with Dana White and Yahoo Sports is he says the next fight he wants to make for Chris Cyborg is a fight with Amanda Nunes. That's the fight that makes sense. Amanda Nunes, she comes back on Twitter, and she says, first of all, I have nothing personal against uh, Chris Cyborg. I do believe... It is a fight that everyone wants to see where we can both leave our marks on the sport. Interestingly enough, Chris Cyborg, she comes out and she tells ESPN, she says, I can continue to give uh, fans super fights. However, in order for this division to grow, it is my responsibility to respect the work of all the women fighting at 145 pounds and to give the top girls a chance to get the title once they've earned it. But Amanda Nunes wants the opportunity at 145 to win against uh, a win against any ranked uh, contender in the division would help establish her back in a weight class before fighting me. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, I understand where Chris Cyborg is coming from. From the standpoint of, I would like to actually have a weight class that I am champion over. I get that. It's kind of in the realm of the Mighty Mouse thing when he was arguing, why the hell should I be fighting TJ Dillashaw um, when he's never gotten to 125 pounds, he's never in his life fought 125 pounds, and we actually do have a 125 division. The difference with these two is there's not really a 145 division. I I don't know who the 145 fighters are. To me, they're the only people who fight for the title. That's it. It was Jermaine Durandamy versus Holly Holm and the other lady, that Tanya Evinger, who fought Chris Cyborg when Jermaine Durandamy said, I don't want to fight Chris Cyborg. I'm a 135er. But if you're going to be in this situation where you have Chris Cyborg and you don't really have a division for her, and I know she wants to say, well, it's, it's my responsibility to establish this. Is the point then there, okay, Amanda is going to, you want Amanda to drop the title? Because if Amanda wants to fight you at 145, um, that should be the fight. With developing division or not, she is a, a fighter who demolished Misha Tate. She demolished Ronda Rousey. So she's got wins over two, the highest profile win of all time, just like you do. The fight does sell itself. If, if you're going to talk about 
what are you doing next for for Chris Cyborg? I know there's this talk about having her fight Megan Anderson, um, but I, you know, again, she's somebody who they apparently can't come to terms with, or has some weird stuff where personally she's just not ready to fight, and you know, the the women's division, all of them are in a bit of a weird spot right now because you got the strawweight division, which is reigned now by Rose Namajunas, where they had a really dominant champion in Yon and Jacek. Now they're opening up flyweight, and you know Paige Van Zandt, who's fighting next week in St. Louis. You know she got a lot of attention because she came out with these photos of her cutting to 115, and how dangerous it was it was for her. You know, look at Paige Van Zandt; she's she's uh, she's tiny. So you think like, wow, well, if she's having trouble making 115, I gotta imagine a lot of women are having trouble making 115. Just it, it, it's a it's a hard practice to to put on these women. It's also it's a lot harder to bounce back physically from the weight cuts than it is for men, and so it's it, it's in a bit of a troubling spot where you have these lower divisions. But I don't know how long they're going to last because I think if any of these women have the opportunity, they're going to want to fight at a higher weight class rather than somewhere lower. I mean, unless it's you're talking for title shots. So I do think that. All of women's MMA is in a bit of a weird spot. But specifically, 145, it's tough for Cyborg to go say, hey, go fight a contender at 145, and then then we'll talk. You can't say that Amanda Nunes doesn't have the credentials to fight you. You just fought somebody who was coming off a loss. Amanda Nunes is running roughshod through everybody she fights. So 135, 145, all right. But in the eyes of the fans, credibility-wise, Amanda Nunes has, has all the credibility in the world. She doesn't need to establish anything. And, and it's certainly not a win over some 145, especially the one that you fought to win that title. The other thing that's interesting to me is many a year we were sitting here with Chris Cyborg, and all she was doing was shouting from the rooftop about, Ronda Rousey, just give the fans the fight the fans want to see. Give the fans the fight they want to see. Everybody wants to see us fight each other. Just come up, fight me at 145. And for years, Ronda's big response to it was, no, you got to come face the champion. You got to make the weight. Stop taking whatever you're taking to be that weight. Come fight me at my weight class. And I understood that argument from Ronda at the time because – there was a weight class she was champion over, and if you had Chris Cyborg demolish her, then your champion over this 135 division was going to be nowhere. What are you going to do? She can't make the weight. It's the problem I have with TJ Dillashaw saying, I want to go down and, and fight Money Mouse Johnson, and I want to fight him for the belt. It's like, okay, but are you going to defend at 125, time after time after time, is that going to happen? Or are you just doing a one-and-donner and we've beaten the 125 champion and now what? We just have another belt for our mantle. You know, it doesn't It doesn't really doesn't do much. So I, I, I just think with the cyborg thing saying, well, I have this great responsibility to this 145 division. Not really. There is no 145 division. It's just, a, it's just something they put on top, uh, put out there for you. Because they wanted you in the UFC. They wanted to sell you. You wanted to be in the UFC for years. 
And so they made this division for you, and now the UFC wants to put together a fight. You got all the things you ever wanted. You're a UFC champion. They want to market you as a big star. They want to give you all the things that Ronda Rousey had. And yet, now you got a responsibility to the division. But for years, when you were shouting, no, Ronda, give me a shot. Give what the fans want. Do what the fans want. And you got very mad at Ronda for saying, nah, I got a responsibility. Well, who do you have the responsibility towards, Cyborg? Do you have it towards this non-existent division? Or do you have it towards the fans? Like, what is it? Because now the shoe's on the other foot a little bit. Only this time, somebody wants to come up to fight you. And they are willing to come up to fight you. And you're saying, nah, 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 nah. You don't have the credentials. You're not good enough. Well, a lot of fans would disagree that Amanda Nunes doesn't have the credentials to fight you. She's got all the credentials in the world. She's got to win over Ronda Rousey. She's got to win over Misha Tate. So what else does she have to prove? Beat a 145er none of us have ever seen to say she can't make the She can make the weight. Are you crazy? She's barely making 135. So I'm pretty sure Amanda Nunes can make 135, can make 145 quite finely. She'll probably look a lot healthier like Holly Holm did, and maybe it won't have a difference. You should probably beat her anyway with the experience you have and all the accolades that you have. I just, it's weird. Now you have a responsibility for years. Fans, 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 fans. And now you got the belt. The company wants to push you and they want to, they want to put a rocket to you back. How can we give Cyborg more credibility? Boom. We'll have her fight Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes has credible wins. People know Amanda Nunes. Nah, I can't fight Amanda Nunes yet. Can't do that. She needs to establish herself at 145. There is no establishing yourself at 145. There is no 145. You're it. That's it. You're the only thing there. What the hell are you talking about? Hello, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Seema. Happy New Year, Tommy Guns. How are you guys? You're pretty emotional. Well, I just found it interesting. It's it's weird for Cyborg that now that the shoe's on the other foot. I think that for the longest time, as you said earlier, it's been put me in coach, put me in coach. I'm ready to go. I'll take anybody. And nobody was in her corner, but what's his, what's his name? Tito. Tito. Mm. Tito was in her corner the entire time, and he's still there now, which is pretty cool. I just think that she needs to just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. There's nobody else that really wants to fight her. And Amanda's going to kick her ass. You think so? Yes. Yeah, well, she, nobody is ever jumping at that opportunity. Amanda, Amanda jumped pretty quick. She's like, I'll fight, I'll fight her. She's in her prime. And Cyborg's not. Yeah, Cy- like, this was the thing with the Cyborg fight against Holly. Um, she looked vulnerable at times. If Holly actually had some, some meat behind that punch, I think she would have Yeah, she maybe. had a better shot. I, I just think it's it's a strange style that we're seeing with Cyborg. It's, a, it's definitely a, a vet style. She's definitely taking her time with this stuff. She's not bull rushing people. Um, but also that kind of loses... With her, I think that's kind of the appeal with with Cyborg. You want to see her run through somebody and just demolish them. And now it's kind of like, I don't want to see Cyborg be Lomachenko. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see you picking them apart. Look, Holly Holm still looked like Frankenstein afterwards. I mean, she was put to a pulp, but... She stood the test. Yeah, and didn't, you know, when it was in the clench, 
physically wasn't outclassed in that way. It's just punching power, like you said, Seema. So you talk about the real winners and losers of that fight. I think Holly was definitely a winner in that fight. Yeah, she's Teflon. You know, everybody. I think everybody just has such respect for her with all the things she's been able to do. Who, Holly? Yeah. The river dancer? Yeah. You not so much? <laughs> she's just an awkward <laughs> fighter for me to watch. You I mean, I think like that... Yeah, I, I think like she's playing patty cake, river dancing in the in the cage. You know, I was shocked that two judges had her three to two. Yeah, that was something. You know, that was that was quite interesting. I didn't give her three to two, although I talked about it like, wow, she she almost won, but <laughs> she didn't almost win. In in my opinion, I I don't think she has enough power in her punches, especially at one forty five, to cause anyone great concern. And they can take their time with her and just kind of cruise. And, or if you catch her on the chin. It'd be bad news. Yes, sir. And we know if you take her to the ground, like, that's 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 also bad news for her, too. Yeah. But um, Although she was able to control. Something I saw in that fight that I'd never seen from her before was her ability to resist the takedown and control the opponent against the cage. Well, if you actually, if you remember going back to that Ronda fight, you know, Ronda was cracked and, and she was, um, you know, she was, she was definitely on, on wobbly legs, but she tried to dig her down. She wasn't able to, cause you know, Holly's, Holly is a strong woman. Just doesn't translate to punching power. No. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, she's got to land that leg kick to really put somebody out. And she wasn't really close in that fight, but Amanda, Amanda's got thunder in those hands. Yeah. Like she's, she's, she's no joke. And I think that, going up in weight it may, it may only help i don't know it's one of those things where i, I don't know if she's going to lose a lot of punching power just because she goes up there but it is it is going up against cyborg who is who is definitely physically imposing i just think that you know the point that Sima made in terms of amanda being in her prime could really weigh in on that because as tough as holly is and as tough as cyborg is I did not think that Holly would be able to last that long with Cyborg. The fact that she was able to go all five rounds with her, that to me tells me that Amanda has a really, really good chance to yeah, to put it on her. I think that Amanda can keep a pace that Holly did not have in the fight. To me, by the third round, it looked like the victory to Holly would be going five rounds. And that Just she, lasting. Yes. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to be the first fighter, I don't know, probably in a very long time to go the distance with Cyborg. And and that was sufficient for her. And I, I believe, I would, I would believe that Jackson and Winklejohn, when they heard those cards being read, they were probably like, wow, we got two rounds. Like, uh, that was pretty good. Not too shabby. Be- because I don't think that I don't think that anybody thought that she got two rounds in that fight. I haven't spoken to anybody who thought she won two rounds clearly, definitively in that fight. No, you got you, you you're doing a lot of stat padding if you think she won the first two rounds. Like you'd have to may you could definitely I think give one of the two to her. One maybe. But yeah, one round. I think, but you're, not two. I think you're doing a lot of talking into yourself if you're giving her both rounds definitively. That's uh, I think I think you're probably a member of the home family, and that's why you have the, those two rounds clearly. Um, before we take a break, what did you guys think of uh, the Khabib performance? 
and where kind of things should stand right now with him missing weight the last time out against Tony Ferguson and should the UFC do an interim title shot make Tony defend the interim belt before figuring out the Connor thing or should they just strip Connor and that's the real title now I don't think Connor needs a belt anymore he's kind of he's gotten to that point where how Floyd was the last five years of his career like I fight for money I don't fight for belts right you know if you pay me and I think that's where Connor has I hate to say earned the right to be but he somewhat has he's brought a lot of viewers he's created a lot of hype as you stated earlier he he established tremendous value to the UFC during a critical critical time when they were trying to sell and yeah. eventually did sell the organization you never want to see guys kind of run the organization or or rule the roost uh, as you do in boxing they're in they're all independents this is kind of an odd scenario because they're they're fighters but they're under an organization kind of like the NFL or the, yeah. or the, the NBA or well, MLB. And I think, too, if you do take the belt away from them, it's not like if you go to a Tony fight. It's not like boxing, like where the title, you know, like Gennady Golovkin and Canelo, like they're held up because the belt didn't change hands because of the draw. And so Gennady probably loses negotiating power. Being the champion means something in negotiations. With the UFC, it's not like that. A lot of the times, the more famous name just gets paid more. That's just how it is. Right. Remember how Stipe, how upset he was that uh, Overeem was making more than he was, even though he was the chance. Like, well, Overeem's got the track record. I mean, he he brings uh, a long a long time lineage in the sport, and so people know him. Now he's in trouble because uh, he's going to sleep next week. Or yeah, two well, weeks from I now. can't wait to get into that. We'll, we'll talk about the upcoming fights next. Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns all together again. That's how yes, you 2018. Sir. Good way to start the year. I'm telling you. We're rocking for sure. Uh, so you were asking before we went back on about the Jeff Nowitzki thing. So he was on Joe Rogan's podcast this week, and he was talking about John's uh, test, which he still hasn't gone through the process yet. But he did say that his test indicates that it was unintentional use, that it was... Um, that the basically John couldn't knowingly take it's very unlikely John could have unknowingly taken this supplement uh knowingly taken the supplement because of the two negative tests that he had the positive that came and then the negative that came again just because of the old schoolness of this particular steroid the amount that was in his system and its window it doesn't jive with the idea that he was trying to use it to get an advantage. That may not mean anything because Jeff Nowitzki now works for the UFC. He doesn't work for USADA. Mm-hmm. Um, so he may still get a four-year suspension. But if this is the case, if they're able to make this case that this was something that came up in whatever, a pill, a supplement. What if someone spiked his something somebody spiked him something like that cormier paid somebody to go into the uh into the gym and <laughs> somebody from AK, aka some... spy like yeah. he, he said khabib I, I, I will poison this for you i will make this happen yeah. will, don't you worry um maybe it, it, it's like tanya harding right all over again i guess i don't know Ruin but in his career but it's uh but it does seem like john is getting more things on his side 
to at least have a reduced suspension. He's probably still going to get popped with a suspension, but the idea that it's going to be a career ender, a four-year, I don't think so. So then I ask you this. If you could substantiate unintentional, that's an accident. Why should you be suspended at all? It's a, it would it's be a fair my question. question. It's a fair question. No contest, absolutely, you don't win the belt because of XYZ. I don't know. It's but a weird why thing. should like you they, be suspended? They did that with Yoel. Like, Yoel was able to prove, or his, his people were able to prove that, you know, the supplement that he took was absolutely tainted, that it had no labeling of that in any marketing of the product, and he still got popped with, I think, a six-month hit, like, for just because... And that's basically what happened with John the last time, though. This, the suspensions have gotten steeper since his last suspension. But his last time when he said, like, oh, well, I took this uh, this, this um, Cialis pill that had estrogen blockers in it. And I didn't know. It was just, I was, that, that John kind of pleaded ignorance. Here they're saying, well, this was something that got into his system where he, uh, he didn't even want to maybe even take the supplement. It just was. Uh, it just showed up in something. Got it. So that's where it's at right now. But an interesting, uh, an interesting. Kick I guess you saw out of the sport. Jeez, they are a bit of a downer. They are. It's just like it. You know. All right. You know. We know it's it. We know it's there. But like, uh, let's just have the states do it. Nobody cares. You know. Like, it's uh, it's one of those things. Like the commissions, they come in, they pop these guys, and you know, like Deontay Wilder, right? For example, he was gonna fight Luis Ortiz. And then Luis Ortiz popped on a test. And, then, you know, all right, so now we don't get to see the fight that we all wanted to see. And he didn't even care. Now he's fighting him again in March after the suspension's up. Well, there wasn't even a suspension when, when the investigation was going on. Yeah. But it's like, ah, who can't? You know, I, I, I get it to a certain point, but I, I do feel like it's an overkill. Tommy guns. Safety what happened first. to the good old days? The Wild West days. Safety first. The Vitor, the Vitor Belfort days. Remember that? Man, he was a maniac. Monster. He was a monster. What's Ngannou taking? Uh, anything and everything that's going. He's UFC Drago. My like they got. Gosh. I was watching. I was watching uh, Rocky Four yesterday. And Did you think about Ngannou when you saw it? I think about it every time. I think that he's at the UFC facilities, and they're just they're putting him in every concoction to make him the optimal fighter that's going to destroy anything that he sees. They're creating value for that gym, that's for sure. Oh man, it's amazing. I saw I, I saw um, I think actually Rogan on his Instagram did like a little tour of it, and they got everything there. It's it's really 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 impressive. But the fact that they got their number one contender and potential star basically growing there. Stipe don't have a shot. I don't I mean. Nah, no, 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 no. I don't want to say he doesn't have a shot because he is a really, really good boxer. And so is, so is Reem. And I know that Reem touched Stipe and that, and that hurt him in that fight. So you definitely got to say, well, Stipe is leaving some windows. But God, he is. He's too too powerful. Did you see the classic is that shot that shot that he hit Overeem with, and Overeem is asleep. I thought he was dead. Yeah, I'm not even joking. I I, I like when they were when they were like uh, when Rogan just kept saying no, he's not moving, he's not moving. I'm like, yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> he he got he got flatlined. It was crazy. Those punches come with a pillow and a blanket. 
He, I mean, he he broke he broke the the punching record, just like Drago did, by the way, in the movie. Um, and they're like, and not only did he break, he smashed the record of what the the most punching power is. Really? Yeah. At the facility, they got the punch thing from Rocky Four. Really? Yes. Wow. It's like is it what, autographed by got, Ivan Drago. Yeah, and you have Dana sitting there, and he's like, "Whatever he hits, he destroys." <laughs> like that's that's happening. I I wish I could capture this excitement that's just beaming off of you. Are you a big Drago fan, just by chance? I do. I love I love Rocky. I love all the Rockies. I love all the Rockies. But Rocky <laughs> Four, I just think it's 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 nothing but montages. I was watching because they had the series on yesterday and. I was over at my in-laws, and so... Is that Rocky running through three feet of snow and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's just like, well, he's like out there in the woods, like pushing up a cart. Yeah. Drago's in the lab, and he's got like the actual machines. So you, Rocky's you climbing the, the mountain. syringes. Yes, the, the yes. Little... Like they go to the close-up of, the, of his quad, and they just take this giant needle. Because the Russians don't care. They the don't good care. good old days. <laughs> Bring um, the good old days, get USADA out of here. So, so you think Stipe is going to sleep? I do. I think that I think that Ngannou's team is actually going to bring a pillow and a blanket when they walk to the cage. They're going to be courteous? And once he hits Stipe, they're going to throw it in the cage. Uh, I, I think the UFC... Take de- a nap. Look. Go to sleep. I think the UFC definitely wants that. I think they want this guy to be their champion. I just, I don't know. I have this hard time for ruling out Stipe. I can't. I can't do it yet, Tommy Guns. What do you think? It's just looking at the challenge ahead makes it kind of tough for him. Yeah. You give, know? <laughs> give me Ochis just slingshot, and then well, I give him a chance. Well, I think people are like, well, he's he, he, people who think is going to win, they think, oh, he's going he's gonna to take him down. I don't think he's going to take him down. No, I think he's going to try he, to bang with him. I don't think you can take him down. I think he's too big. He's got two tree trunks. He's too big. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. You, you look him against Overeem, Overeem's like... They get into a into a, a clinch situation. Oh, nothing! I'm not doing anything with you. You're too massive. Yeah. And the Reem is big himself. Yes. So. Yes, and Steve is a small, smaller heavyweight. Yeah, he's what two thirty. Yeah. And this guy has to cut to get to two sixty five. Yeah. No, that guy's so, a beast. Look, it's it, the thing I think that's on the side of Steve is he's got to be the more precise striker, obviously. And he's got to be able to be—he's got to be able to, to be able to move in a situation where he can drag this guy into waters he hasn't been to yet. Um, but it, it's certainly a daunting task, no doubt. Just never know, David and Goliath, huh? Yeah. Not—not not even that drastic, but one punch can hit a night. Everyone knows that. It's uh, it's in the fight game. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen a a cinder block break with a hand it was like <laughs> it was mortal Kombat style that uppercut it was crazy well that's the thing that that sledgehammer we'll call it because i think Nganu has two sledgehammers and when it was it doesn't matter you put your hand in front of that to try to block it it's still coming yeah and i think that him hitting someone with a shot that's been blocked is still harder than they can hit him <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy so next week, there's a fun card. Uh, you got UFC St. Louis uh, fight night card. I actually think this card, I wish some of the fighters that were on this card were on the UFC 220 card. Because I look at UFC 220, and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm into the championship fight, but I think the rest of the card's kind of weak. Like, I'm not into DC versus Volkan Uzdemir. All respect to 
Lantana. You guys are doing a fantastic job. But I'm just not into that fight. What if he beats Cormier? That'd be cool. I think he could. I think he can. I think he could. But I'm just, it, it still isn't, like, I'm going to watch. But it's not one where I'm clamoring for it. I got to see Volkan Uzdemir and, and Daniel just go at it for the non-John belt. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm just not hey, into that it. that rhymes, non-John. Non-John belt. I, I just, no. I actually like the card, like, I think Bellator's got a better card that night. But UFC has the fight. Like, UFC has. Well, that fight's coming on way after Bellator's over. I think so. Yeah. Thank God. Is Bellator 8 to 10? They start at 9. I think they start at 9. But them by 11. Yeah, and you can't you can't miss the heavyweight fight. It's going to be over in 30 seconds. Who knows? And it's not going to it's probably not going to happen till after 12:30. Probably, but it's an East Coast fight, so maybe they try and get uh. it rolling a little bit quicker. I don't know. But it's going to be awesome. I know that. No matter what. Is it in Cleveland? It's in Boston. Oh, Boston. Whoa. It's in Boston. So, yeah, it's going to be... Hopefully they don't get another blizzard. Hopefully not. But uh, what do you guys think next week? You got Jeremy Stevens taking on the Superboy, Korean Superboy. Remember, he had the uh, fight of the year with uh, with Cub Swanson. First fight since, so he hasn't he hasn't fought in a little over a year. Jeremy Stevens has looked good lately, though. Yeah, he has. Yeah, it's going to be a good fight. Could actually, I would say, if he wins this fight... Um, has he fought Max? I think he has fought Max. I think he lost to Max. But could get back into that that the scenario where he gets a fight with him again if he if he gets this win. Um, but but it is in his hometown. He is St. Louis. That's his place. He's kind of uh, he's he's trying to get that respect ever since Conor McGregor put him in a body bag at that press conference. Who the bleep is this guy? <laughs> um, I'll go Stevens. I think Stevens is gonna win that fight. I, don't I know think if- so too. Although that. What is it? Do Ho Choi? Do Ho Choi, Korean Superboy. Do you know what this This is crazy. I was reading this up on him. So he wants to get a title fight this year because then he has to go do two years of military service yes, for Korea. Right. Yeah. So he wants, he wants to get that shot like within this year if he's able to because we may not see Superboy for a while. Same thing I with Korean Zombie. Remember Korean Zombie just was off the face of the earth for a while? He's doing military service. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Mandate. Uh, you got, I got you, Do Ho Choi, by the way. All right. What do you think about Uriah Hall? Uriah Hall oh. versus uh, our boy Vitor. Vitor Belfort. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Belfort. So reluctant. I am. I just feel for him. Because the sport the sport is right. The sport is accelerating. And um, while you love him and you want to see him continue in the sport, be competitive because he has that passion that a lot of the younger guys don't have anymore. Yeah. Um, you just got to root for him. Hey, no Chima Steakhouse, Vitor. What about you, Tommy Guns? What do you got? I got Uriah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Uriah, too. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with I Uriah on that one. <laughs> I, uh, I, just... I lost. And I just think like with, with Vitor, you got you got one speed, you got go, and then that's about it. Um, I'm into Kasi, uh, uh, Usman against uh, Emil Meek. You see this Emil Meek, this Iceland guy? Wait he a is, minute, wait a minute. Where what are about you? Paige Van Sant and oh, Jessica, Jessica Rose, Rose Clark? I don't know. Yeah. You gotta get, come on now. I'll no. go with Paige Van Zandt, but I don't feel great about it because she's always she's in a new weight class, so that's the one thing you got to say say uh, that has she has going for her. 
Um, and she did move camp. She's not a Team Alpha male anymore. She's training at in uh, Chelsea Sullivan's camp. They should put both of them against Cyborg like a tag team, like like a <laughs> like a handicap match. Yeah. See how it goes. Put it in the ca- yeah right. cage match. I'm handicap cage match. I'll tune in for that for sure. <laughs> I got Paige Van Sant. What about you, Zima? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Usman versus Meek. You got that uh, Icelandic. And then uh, in a Meek. And you didn't know this fight was going to happen because uh, Meek was having issues, visa issues to come on over. Uh, he He's uh, he's all kinds of uh, muscled up. But Usman's been killing it, man. He has been, he's been looking good. Trains down here. So I'm going home team with him. Me as well. I've got Usman as well. And finally, I just want to mention this one. Uh, we got two. We got, got Tiago Alves. He's going to be fighting on the undercard uh, against Zach Cummings. So it's good to see him back. He wasn't able to. Uh, he wasn't able to fight in his last bout. Um, but this one, I think, is going to be a monster. Michael Johnson, Darren Elkins. This main event of prelims. Uh, main event of prelims. Yep. Super. Uh, the the that that is a that is a monster feature. Those guys are going to bang it out. Fantastic. Crazy. Can't wait. I'm looking forward. This was a slow week. Slow it was. Week. Why are they putting all the good fights on the 20th? It's I don't such, know. It's I so it's busy. Stacked. It's a stacked night of fights on the 20th. I don't like that. I gotta I gotta spread it out. Get some work in. Agree. Like you know. Oh, I gotta now. I gotta now. I gotta have the two screens up. I gotta have a laptop up. I'm not gonna. Did you see the story? Will with the one guy? They hit a they hit a guy in Britain with an eighty five thousand dollar bill for Facebook stream in the uh, the uh, Klitschko Anthony Joshua fight. The first one. Yeah, they only fought once. Yeah, the, the just now. Just now they hit him with it. Yep, because they had well. to trace it to his house. Takes wow. a while for all this Good detective old IP work. addresses. Yeah. So what happened was the guy bought the fight for I guess whatever it is twenty dollars there, and he's like, well, like I didn't even know it was a big deal. I bought the fight and my my friend was Facebook streaming it, and so they're like, yeah, well, get your friend to pay for it. Duff, hope he has eighty five k, because that's what you're paying. Or you go to jail. So just a word out to that's all you. That's with that warning with the badge on the front of the that's pay-per-view, right. on the intro of the pay-per-view. That's what it means. All you piraters out there, they're getting smarter. <laughs> so just be careful. Just pay for the fight. But you got to be not very smart to Facebook stream it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You got to go. If you, guys, if you, there's better ways to do that. Yeah, if you're going to pirate, pirate a fight, you got to go to some real sludgy back room type of websites. They ain't gonna, they're, they're not going to find it. Incognito. They don't even know about that stuff. So, Just, like, Mike Tyson's going green, I hear? Yeah, 40, 42 Anchor Ranch to, to Iron Mike. And you know, like, that's why the government, they got all, all uh, popped up on it this week. They're like, oh, Mike Tyson's getting into this? Wait a minute. Now we need to crack down. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.